All right, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your podcast on all things Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group. We have a mailbag episode for you today. We're going to talk about Clay Thompson's potential return date, what Jordan Poole's role will be next season, and if the Warriors are really interested in adding Paul Millsap. It's all coming up next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get right into it. Like I said, we've got questions about Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Paul Millsap, all of that coming up here in a little bit. But let's start with this mailbag question from at Warriors Detail, who writes in, the target is December 25th for Clay Thompson. Any possible chance that the Warriors make changes for it to be a little bit earlier? By then, the Warriors would have already played around 30 games. Warriors Detail, of course, talking about Clay Thompson's potential return date and this is on the heels of Ramona Shelburne from ESPN recently reporting that the target date for Clay's return from his Achilles tear last year that he had in November is the Christmas Day game in Phoenix. She said, quote, he's doing well in his recovery, but the Warriors are targeting that Christmas Day game against the Suns for his return. He could come back a little bit before that, but in terms of getting his conditioning right, they are targeting that Christmas Day game against the Suns. Now, this would be maybe a little disappointing for some Warriors fans who thought that, hey, Klay Thompson, like that's that's more than a month into the regular season. That's almost, that's two months into the regular season. Like Warriors details, like that's 30 games. Technically, it's 32 games that he's going to miss if his first game back is December 25th. Um, but I'll tell you this. Klay Thompson has been talking about 2022, early next year, as his potential return date. That's been a... Uh, a sort of range that's been thrown out there by Steve Kerr and Bob Myers in recent interviews. I understand that Warriors fans are like, hey, this dude hasn't played all season. He hasn't played since 2019 when he tore his ACL in Game 6 of the Finals. Um, We haven't seen him in two years. And now he's going to wait two months into this season? That it, it could be halfway over almost by that point. But I would say this, that in the grand scheme of things, a couple months to make sure that Clay Thompson is healthy when he comes back is not a big deal. I get that it's disappointing that it's 32 games into the regular season, that Warriors fans want to see Clay. Everybody wants to see Clay as soon as possible. The league is better when Clay Thompson is playing. But the priority for the Warriors is not Clay Thompson getting back early. The priority for the Warriors is Clay Thompson getting back and being healthy and being the Clay Thompson that we saw before he tore his ACL in 2019. If he, he needs to be at that level. If the Warriors are going to do anything, it doesn't matter if he misses the first 10, 20, 30 games, 40 games, 50 games of the season. If he's not back in something close to what he was before the first ACL injury, before he got hurt in June of 2019, if he's not at that level, then the Warriors' ceiling is not championship contender anymore. They need him to be at that level. So, uh, again, this could be disappointing for Warriors fans who are just itching to see Clay Thompson. Everybody wants to see Clay sooner rather than later, but trust me when I say this, the priority is making sure that he's healthy. So not only is it a year, typically you need a year to recover from an Achilles, uh, an Achilles tear. He tore his Achilles on November 18th, okay? So even if you were to come back in a year, exactly a year, November 18th, that's still almost a month into the season. Or it's it's a month into the season. So um, 
it's not like he's going to be back right away. And then you consider that he's missed two years of playing NBA basketball. There's going to be a lot of conditioning, a lot of stuff that he's going to have to get used to. There's no sense in rushing him back. So even if he does come back on Christmas against the Suns, that still gives them, yeah, he's going to miss the first 32 games. That still gives the Warriors 50 games with Klay Thompson. 50 games is a lot. Okay, that's plenty of time to position yourself for a postseason run, to make a run at the end of the regular season, to figure out what you have with Klay Thompson. That gives you uh, more than a month before the trade deadline to, to determine whether or not you need to make any changes around the rest of the roster if Clay's not what you think he needs to be, or maybe he is, and you decide you don't have to make any major changes, or you can move some depth for something else. I don't know. It gives you enough time. And like, like, yeah, we would love for Clay to be back before Christmas, but it... To me, when I heard this news, a lot of Warriors fans were like, oh my god, that's so late. We have to wait all the way until Christmas to see Klay Thompson. The season starts October 19th. We have to wait more than, you know, we have to wait three months to see Klay Thompson. My first reaction was, wow, that's pretty early. Because I kept hearing 2022. But you've got to believe that the Warriors, whoever's, you know, whoever Ramona is getting this information from, Probably saw the schedule come out. It's not a coincidence that this came out on the heels of of this report came on the heels of the the schedule being released. That Christmas Day showcase against Phoenix, you know that not only do the Warriors want Clay to be involved in that game, but the NBA would love for Clay Thompson to be a part of that game. That the NBA probably thinks that there's a chance that Clay plays in that game. I understand that Steph Curry draws all the ratings, but Steph and Clay, I mean, that's a whole other thing, and you have to believe that the NBA is hoping that Clay Thompson could be involved in that Christmas Day game because that's the biggest showcase of the year for the league. Um, so there's a lot of factors here financially for Clay to play in that Christmas Day showcase. Uh, for the Warriors, record-wise, the earlier he can be back, the better it obviously probably is for your record. The more time he has to work into the lineup and all these, and, and you have to figure out all these other things. But the number one thing has to be Clay's health. Because if you rush him back after two years of being away just for a week or uh, of difference or two weeks or even a month of difference, like it's just not worth it in the grand scheme of things. You need him to be what he was if this championship window is going to truly be open in a meaningful way. Because if you don't have that Clay Thompson, then yeah, you've got Steph Curry. But that's really the only top... 40 player, 30 player that you have in the NBA, right? And that's tough, man. That's really tough to win. If Steph is by far and away your best player, like you need Clay to be back and be back at what he was, which is a top 30 player in the NBA. And at this point, if he's a top 30 or 40 player, then the Warriors have a chance. And if not, I, I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know if they do have that kind of ceiling anymore. So number one priority, make sure that Clay's healthy. Um, all right. Uh, I want to talk about Jordan Poole, uh, who not only looks healthy, he looks yoked lately. But first, uh, guys, there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. And one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing. Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this when I speak in public. Can't help but sweat through my shirts. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death. There are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. And nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, during an interview, or God forbid, on a first date. I'd much rather just not worry about it. That's why I use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective 
than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it a night before bed, go to bed, then the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this is gonna sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the, the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one's gonna hide the sweat better. And if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, or you could buy it at Amazon or at CVS. Let's also talk about Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, and your shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And it's the what's the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the thousands of passwords, all that confusion. Just get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, continuing along with our mailbag episode, this question comes from Eduardo, who writes in, I've heard Jordan Poole has put on more muscle during the offseason. If this is true, do you think this will translate to some defensive improvement on his part as well? Well, I can tell you, seeing Jordan Poole uh, close in person in Las Vegas, that dude has put on at least 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, he looks jacked right now, okay? Um, it's very obvious. Talking with people around him and around the team, it's they're, they're confirming, hey, this guy's putting on weight. We know that last year... Coaches raved about how much work Jordan Poole put in during the offseason. This just tends to be what he does, okay? He is definitely a worker, and he's worked to put on that muscle. He's um, you know, going into his third season, and I think he's primed for a little bit of a leap. Now, we saw a leap at the end of last year, okay? I think he's going to – basically, his leap will just be continuing what he did at the end of last year throughout the season. But I do think with this added muscle – He's going to be more stout defensively at the point of attack. And when he gets switched on to people in the post, you know the Warriors, just look at the personnel that they added this offseason. They want to switch things. And Jordan Poole is going to be a part of that. He's going to have to be, right? And so adding that muscle, I think, was key for him. He did that. But it's also going to help him finish through contact more, get to the line more often. It's going to help him take on a bigger workload over the course of the season. It's basically going to make him more consistent because when you're able to get easy points at the basket, because you're able to finish through contact, able to draw fouls, get to the line. When you're able to stay on the court uh, defensively. Uh, when you're able to stay on the court for longer stretches of time because you're just in better condition, better shape. You're just stronger, faster, all these things. Everything that you want from Jordan Poole is just be more consistent, right? He's got his flashes. He has moments. He has games, streaks where he's like, okay, he's scoring 20 points per game. But then he'll go three, four, five games in a row where the percentages aren't there. He's not getting to his spots, all these things. He needs to iron out those inconsistencies. And if he becomes more consistent, that's really what we're looking at. He's got high highs. He just needs to make things more consistent game to game. Uh, minimize the lows, right? And I think in adding that muscle, it's not going to do that completely. It's not going to solve the problem just the muscle alone. Um, but it's going to help in that regard into becoming more of a consistent player. So I do think that Jordan Poole 
is primed for a leap in his third season. I think I don't think that that leap is going to look like, oh my God, this guy's ceiling is something that we've never seen before, uh, from Jordan Poole at least. I think that that leap is going to come in the form of consistency. And adding 10 pounds of muscle is going to help with that. Continuing to work on his game, the finer points, the nuances, the, the quick decision-making, all those things that we talk about with Jordan Poole, that's all going to help too. Um, and then, you know, this is what you see. This is why guys hit their primes at 26, 27 years old is because their bodies get into NBA shape. And I think when Jordan Poole first got to the league, he was small, right? And that, you know, has its limitations. But he's getting into his physical prime. And this is just sort of what you're going to see is just the guys get more filled out. We see it with every player, basically. And so I think we're starting to see the beginning stages of that from Jordan. Um, our next question comes from Verdict, who writes in, Chances of adding another vet like Paul Millsap. So I wrote about this on Monday for the MercuryNews.com. Did some reporting. Uh, the Denver Post over the weekend, or maybe it was last week, reported that uh, the Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets were both interested in Paul Millsap. And so I checked around, uh, texted some people, and yeah, can confirm that the Warriors did about a couple weeks ago, talk to Paul Millsap's agent. Um, obviously nothing happened because Paul Millsap does not play for the Warriors and doesn't have a contract. He's still a free agent. But I think the door is still open for a possible thing there. My sense is that Paul Millsap is still waiting on offers. He might be waiting. I mean, he's 36 years old. He might not even want to go through training camp. He might wait for something in the middle of the year. You know, he might pull one of these moves where he's like, dude, I'm old. He could, he could pull like an Andre Iguodala, right? Like, I'm old. I don't want to do training camp. I don't want to do preseason. I don't want to play like these dog days of, you know, November, December, January. I don't want to play any of that. Sign me up for – he could wait till the trade deadline uh, and you can – and he could sign up with the team that has the best chance of contending if he's going to go chase a ring. I don't think there's any timeline on Paul Millsap whatsoever. That being said, if the Warriors are in a good spot later in the year – and Paul Millsap is still available, yeah, maybe they do use a portion of the mid-level exception. They still have that full $5.9 million available to them of that taxpayer mid-level that they can use. Um, so, yeah, maybe they could do that. As far So, yeah, and I think Millsap would be helpful, by the way. He's a versatile forward. Look, he's not the he's not the he, he's a four-time all-star, not that player anymore, right? Like this is this is like Brooklyn getting Blake Griffin last year. Is Blake Griffin a big name? Former All-Star, all these things, yeah, but at this point in his career, just more of a role player, a guy with experience who knows how to play on a playoff uh, stage. Paul Millsap knows how to do that. I think he fits with what the Warriors like to do with his versatility, with his passing, with his three-point shooting. I think him and Draymond Green, you could play them together in the front court. You're going to lose a little, bit of, a little bit of size, certainly a lot of athleticism, but just between the smarts, like there's going to be matchups where you can do that. Um, and I like that addition, potentially, to Golden State. It just doesn't seem like Paul Millsap is in any rush to do anything. And you kind of understand why when you start to think about it and break it down like we just did. Um, so, yeah, nothing happened, but I think the door is open there. Uh, as far as other potential veterans, like, look, we expect Rajon Rondo to get bought out by Memphis. I think that makes some sense for a Warriors team that's in need of a proven backup point guard uh, and a guy who can play in the playoffs. And we know that playoff Rondo is a thing. Uh, we'll see what happens with Patrick Beverly. I think there's more of a chance that he gets traded then bought out. I think Rondo is probably more of a candidate to get bought out. If it came down to a trade, I don't think the Warriors have what it takes to get Patrick Beverly. And if they even if they did, I don't know it would be worth it to get Patrick Beverly at this point. Um, but I do think if Rondo were bought out, that he would most certainly be 
uh, an option and, and a potential target for Golden State. And this is why you hold on to the $5.9 million exception, right? You struck out on Patty Mills. You struck out on uh, Nick Batum. Th- these kinds of guys that we knew that they were targeting with that exception. There's no reason to use that exception now on anybody who's available because whoever's available isn't worth that exception. And, you know, the reality is Joe Lacup would have to pay $30 million of luxury taxes for that player too. Not that you or I care about how much money Joe Lacob was making, but I'm just telling you those are realities and that's going to be a factor in determining whether or not the Warriors are going to use it or not. Uh, but for somebody like Rondo, for somebody even like Paul Millsap, maybe not the full mid-level exception for either of them, but a portion of it, that to me would be worth it, even with the luxury taxes that you'd incur with that. Um, and it seems wiser to hold on to that so that you have something a little bit more than the minimum to offer these guys because it could be competitive, right? I've, I've talked to you guys a hundred times about this. The Warriors are not the ring-chasing destination anymore, right? It's the Lakers. It's Brooklyn. We've seen this. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Just look at the free agents. Look at the teams that they're picking. Um, so in order to compete with those teams, you need to offer a little bit more than the minimum. At least you can compete. You can have an advantage financially. And being able to offer some of that mid-level exception or even all of it if it came down to it is definitely an advantage that the Warriors have that maybe those teams aren't going to have. Um, and so... Yeah, I think that there's a chance that the Warriors by midseason add somebody like Paul Millsap or Rajon Rondo or a veteran like that. That's one of the reasons why you hold on to the mid-level in addition to just the financial realities that nobody right now that's out there is worth it. Um, All right, we're going to talk about Jonathan Kaminga and if he increases value in Summer League. But first, did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? There's somebody... There's something out there for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, they have Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, they have Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, and they have coconut uh, Cookies and Cream and German Chocolate. My favorite flavor is the Fruit Ones covered in chocolate, all of them. The Cherry Barcia, the Raspberry, the Strawberry, the Orange. I mean, it's just a winning combination for me. Um, you know, one of my good friends loves, swears by the cookies and cream. It's his favorite flavor. I think it's solid, but again, I just, I don't mess with success. I don't, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. Cookies and cream is an original, like that's an OG flavor, but the fruit stuff is the best. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you're going to get two each of nine different flavors to help you choose your favorite. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories, uh, ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off on your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's also talk about Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are, tur- are now turned to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait 
to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Again, you get that up to $25 refund for new customers when you use that promo code NFL100. And if you sign up today using the promo code Locked On, you're going to receive a 100% welcome bonus. You can't beat this, people. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, wrapping up our mailbag here with this question from Nick, who writes in, has Jonathan Kaminga's value increased with his showing at Summer League? His future looks brighter than James Wiseman's. Uh, so Jonathan Kaminga's Summer League debut was full of ups and downs. Uh, it's clear that he has those rare traits that could make him a perennial all-star, that kind of apex wing that championship teams are built around. We, we saw this. There were also plenty of downs. I've said this before, but the scouting report going into the draft on Jonathan Kaminga is exactly what he looked like in Summer League. And it was Summer League, okay, people? This was not even the same level of competition that he was playing against in the, with the G League Ignite in the bubble last year. Like, that G League competition was better than the Summer League competition. Summer League is just full of people that are trying to make the G League in some cases. Those guys were at least already in the G League. And in the, against that competition, Jonathan Kaminga's stock fell. Now, I'm not trying to take the wind out of anybody's sails here. I'm just trying to provide, uh, provide some perspective. Now, I will say this. The Warriors and everybody who I talk to, with the Warriors, around the Warriors, media people, uh, other people for teams, everybody I talk to came away impressed with Jonathan Kaminga. When you see him in person, there is an it factor there that is undeniable, absolutely undeniable. I think that his value is slightly higher now than it was when he first got drafted. I will say that. But you have to take that for, with a grain of salt because any when you talk about value, Nick, asking this question, I assume you're talking about his trade value. And uh, within a few days here, that 30-day um, limit on him, he'll be, able to, he'll be eligible to be traded 30 days after signing his rookie contract. That's coming up in a few days. I'm not telling you that he's going to get traded. I don't think he will be traded. Um, I'm just telling you that he's now eligible to be traded, where before he's just, you can't trade him right now, as we sit here and talk. So, um, I assume we're talking about his trade value. And any team wanting to trade for Jonathan Kaminga would either have been high on Jonathan Kaminga going into the draft process, but I think most people, the Warriors included, are very anxious to see Kaminga play in the NBA, against NBA competition, within an NBA scheme, with other NBA players, and in Kaminga's case, with all-star NBA players, Steph, Draymond, and at some point, Klay Thompson. John the Kaminga had plenty of room to work, plenty of opportunity in Summer League. They ran the offense through him. He got as many shots as he wanted. He was able to play through mistakes. It didn't matter that he airballed four three-pointers in a row. He got to keep shooting them. That's not going to be the case in the NBA. Those shots are going to Steph, Clay. The ball's going to be in Draymond's hands. If he messes up defensively, he's going to be pulled. He's not going to be able to play the end of games. So he's not going to have as much freedom to play through these mistakes. And he shouldn't because every game matters right now for the Warriors. Uh, so I'm very anxious, and as are the Warriors, to see what Jonathan Kaminga looks like in a smaller role. And they're going to be worried. They're going to be looking mostly at that efficiency. Can he make shots when he's getting fewer of them? Can he be engaged every single possession defensively? Can he just be efficient every single possession, more than he was in the G League with the Ignite or even in Summer League, despite as, uh, as impressive as he was? Um, but I'll tell you this, as far as his value is concerned, definitely didn't decline. This isn't a pull the car off the lot, value goes down. 
No, no, no. Did not decline. I think Kaminga, if you were another team looking at the Warriors roster and you were going to trade an all-star to the Warriors and you were looking for a young blue-chip prospect to get back in return, you're taking Kaminga right now over James Wiseman. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, I, As far as his future looking brighter than James Wiseman's, look, I think that's fair. I think Kaminga, I don't think anybody would say that Wiseman's ceiling is Kaminga's ceiling. Just nothing against the play. Uh, it, it's just the nature of the position that they play. I mean, champions are built around wings, not centers. Wiseman is very much a five. Kaminga is much more versatile. He can handle the ball. He can run offense. Again, not right now, I don't think, but his ceiling is. So, yeah, I do think that Kaminga, just by the nature of his position, has a higher ceiling than James Wiseman. But I will say this. If the Warriors are going to be what they want to be, they need both of those guys to deliver. And they're going to need a substantial leap from James Wiseman in this second year. Uh, I talked to James Wiseman a little bit um, in Sacramento and in Las Vegas. And he is optimistic. He's walking around. He's practicing. Uh, he's moving well enough. Um, should be ready by training camp. He's optimistic. Coaches are optimistic. But he's going to have to take a leap, man. He's going to have to take a real leap. And I think having a guy like Kaminga and Moses Moody and some young guys now, he's not the only young player in that locker room. There are other young players. And all the expectations are not on him anymore. right? It's on all of them as a group. And I think that's going to be helpful to James Wiseman because... We saw that just expectations were too much uh, during certain points last year. Um, so I think it's going to be better for everybody involved. That it's not just, hey, the future of the franchise hangs on this one guy. You've got Wiseman. You've got Kaminga. You've got Moody. You've got Jordan Poole. Nice young core to work with right now if you're Golden State. You just got to make sure you develop them right. Um, all right. That'll do it for us today. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break up this mailbag into two parts. So that was the first part that you just heard. Uh, later on this week, I will give you uh, my second part of this mailbag. We're going to talk about the NBA schedule release, some of the must-attend games, some of the must-attend home games at Chase Center. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, how the organization views Gary Payton second and uh, and uh, some other things in part two of our mailbag. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure to subscribe to YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button under the video. And if you're listening... Uh, thank you for listening wherever you listen to podcasts. We're always available on all those podcast uh, podcast platforms. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. You can email me questions for mailbags to wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. But that'll do it for us today. Thanks for listening.